thank the Lord for, for uh, again, for, for people being thirsty for the right, right things. So uh, in your handout, anybody need the Philippians 2 handout? Anybody else? Going once, twice. No, it's not Philippians 7. Well, these days I'm just going to print a handout that says Philippians 7 at the top. <laughs> we're on the last page. Hey, folks, I never said it last time, but we're turned to the last page of the Philippians 2 handout. A big, ah, <laughs> a heavenly chorus of rejoicing. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So in Philippians chapter two, so we're at uh, verse 25 and just so everybody knows where we are. We, uh, this is uh, Paul. He's communicating with the Philippians and uh, and he in the previous several verses had said he wanted to send Timotheus unto them as soon as he knew how things were going to play out with him. But in the meantime, we pick up in verse 25. He says, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow, fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye, ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when ye see him, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Re- receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of Christ, he was nigh to death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. And so uh, as we mentioned this, it says here in your notes on item number eight, Epaphroditus, God's man, Paul's brother, his co-laborer and fellow soldier, a faithful messenger of God. And so this last part, I wanted to touch on before we go on everything else the last verse says because for the work of christ he was nigh unto death not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me I, I guess the way i read it i see that someone could see that as a negative that hey you guys didn't do your part i don't think that's what he's saying because if you see in uh, i have a note here that in philippians 4 verse 10 he says but i rejoiced in the lord greatly that now at the last your care for me hath flourished again wherein ye were also careful but ye lacked opportunity so he was saying they were careful to try to meet his needs but they didn't they didn't have the, either the wherewithal or the opportunity something or other but i don't think this is a negative here that he is throwing at them he says for your lack of service toward me i don't know if it's just me that sees the possibility of reading negative there at that but i don't think that's what it is and so uh uh and was there a comment i, I don't know if i cut somebody off over here Okay, so um, the, uh, in, in our language, this might have, uh, have negative uh, sound, but Philippians 4.10 shows that they wanted to help and could not or did not know what they could do until the later time. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And so, uh, so this is, again, back to Epaphroditus. He was God's man, Paul's brother and co-laborer and fellow soldier, a faithful messenger of God. And there in your notes, uh, Proverbs tw- uh, 25.13 says, As the cold of snow in, t- in the time of harvest... So is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. And, you know, this this speaks to diligence and being faithful to the Lord. But it's it speaks also to diligence in life. As a Christian, we should be that faithful messenger doing our jobs, you know, delivering the messages or, or, or doing, you know, whatever you're, you're to be faithful in the thing that you've been sent to do. That's something that will, will glorify the Lord. And and specifically, I have this note in my notes as well. A messenger of Christ bears the most critical, important message 
Uh, and uh, we see that Matthew 28, verse uh, 18, I think we're all, uh, you might be familiar with this, 28, verses 18, this is often referred to as the Great Commission. And, J- J- and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I think very clearly we are meant to take this directly as in to myself, to Brett Garner. I am to take this as the Lord's command to me for this life. And as he says, and, I, and again, you can become so familiar with things that you don't you don't see them anymore. Uh, and Melissa and I are still, you know, we, we still marvel sometimes at the things we've seen all of our lives and we just don't see them anymore. And I think you can that way you can be that way as well with uh, spiritual truth. And so he as he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you all way, even unto the end of the world. And again, there's a lot there in that, that commission. There's a lot there in the sense that the Lord says, I, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And yet, so many of us get caught in the loop of our day-to-day provision and needs and wants. And that seems to be the default. I could be wrong, but it seems to me that most of us as born-again believers struggle to keep the Lord Jesus in the place of preeminence in our lives so that He is the main part of our lives and everything else is on the periphery. But it is difficult. And again, even for those of us that know this truth, it is difficult to keep the Lord in that place, to put Him in that place and keep Him in that place because... All of life seems to be struggling to get our full attention and to pull our attention away from the Lord Jesus. And, he, and, and you know, I, there, I was thinking as I was studying this yesterday about how there's so many staple verses that I, I, that, I don't know, they inspire me. And I think back, back to Hebrews 12 when, the, Lord, when, it, when the, said, the, the writer of Hebrews says there, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And listen... That is the way in which we walk through this life victoriously by keeping our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and keeping him in the place of preeminence. I think that's in Colossians. If, if you have the Lord in that place where it's not that he's first place, it's that he's everything. The Lord Jesus is everything to us. And for even for believers who don't even understand it, he is everything to us. In other words, nothing else in life would matter if you didn't have Christ and if you didn't have him leading your life. Those are the things that matter most in life. And it's so you don't even have to work at it. It just happens that life encroaches in on this very important truth that Christ needs to have the preeminence in my life. And that's what my life should show. If people don't know anything else about me, they should know That I am a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. Nothing else is as important as that. My wants, my not not my love for my family. Yeah, those are good things. You know that that they know how much I love my family. They know that I'm a good worker or things like that. Those are important. But the thing that they should know most about me and every one of us is that Jesus Christ is the most important thing. He is everything. Again, not just the top spot, the top million spots. That's what Christ gets.
And that's that that is that that struggle of life as a Christian is keeping him in the place of preeminence. And so when I think about Epaphroditus and how he is very clearly lined out in Scripture as a faithful man and a faithful messenger, I thought about this, that a messenger of Christ bears the most critically important message of all. And that's that the Lord Jesus Christ saves Jesus Christ saves from sin. And, uh, you know, pastor was talking on Wednesday night about how there's just so many ways in which Satan frames the argument. But the truth is, is that it's not that man has done something bad enough to take him to hell. It's that man started out lost from the day he was born. (laughs) That's the bad news that all the world needs to hear. Ever since Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, the human race was plunged into a broken, dead condition of of our spirits. And that only God can change that. In other words, if you do not get God interceding in your life, then you die without, without His intercession and you go off separated from God for eternity into a place called the lake of fire. It is something that is the default state of man. You don't have to do something bad enough to be cast into hell. That is what Jesus Christ came to change, that man could be redeemed. He did the work of redemption. The Bible says that he was uh, as a uh, as a lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. God is outside of time. And so when Jesus was sent, he was sent to be the savior of man. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, a savior, the the uh, the Messiah was mentioned that he was coming. And that was man's hope. And so this all reflects back on the thought of being a a faithful messenger is what we we need to hope that God will will do in every one of our lives. And so letter A is a minister of God and Paul. This is back to Epaphroditus, a a minister of God and Paul's helper. He was someone who personally attended to Paul's needs. And again, it makes me think about how God is always faithful to send you what you need. And and we're going to get into more of of this as well. But there were times in which Paul had almost no one with him. And we'll see more about that in a minute here. But there are also times where Paul gets the help he needs. The, the someone, if you remember Aaron and her in, uh, in the Old Testament, when uh, uh, Moses, uh, he had the, the rod of God and, and Joshua was going to go fight with Israel. And I don't remember who they were fighting. Anybody know? Anybody know who they were fighting? And Moses goes up to the top of the mount and he holds up the rod of God. As long as he holds up the rod, Joshua and Israel are victorious, but his arms got tired and he couldn't hold his arms up forever. And so he, you know, he, he started lowering it. And every time his hands lowered, they lost. They were losing ground again. And so Aaron and her came up beside him and they they put they sat him down on a rock and they held his arms up. And then Joshua and Israel won. And the truth is, is there's many things like that in our lives where God means for people to come up beside us and help us carry the burden that God has put in our lives or the calling or the ministry, whatever it is. There are times where God alone is all we need, but there are also times where he sends people to be a help to us. And you see this in this in this. And that's someone I think about when I see Epaphroditus, someone who is there for Paul at a time when he really needed it. And so uh, verse 25, Paul says, in Philippians, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. And so um, Epaphroditus sought to minister to Paul's need, 
needs at a time when Paul was in need. And so uh, I have this note also about that, that Christ lauds this, uh, this ministering to him is in a very special way. He refers to this in, um, and I think we've talked about this recently, Matthew 25. It's either here or it's been recently in a Wednesday night. So Matthew 25, verse 31. Matthew 25, verse 31. The Lord Jesus speaking, he says, when, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all, his whole, all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, verily, or verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall ye say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angel, angels. For I was in hunger and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger and ye took me not in naked and ye clothed me sick and in prison. You visited me and ye visited me not. Then then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them saying, verily, I say unto you, as inasmuch as you did it not to one of, le- of, the, of the least of these, you did it not unto me. And, uh, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. And so this is the Lord Jesus when he's basically saying that this should be the pattern of God's people. Ministering to people, helping them, meeting their needs. And, uh, and I, have, I have noticed in my own life that, uh, that the times I feel like meant the most is when it was, it was compassion. It wasn't a, I should help this person because that's what I'm supposed to do. It was compassion. Your desire on the inside to see that person's needs met. Because there's many different times in which you see it recorded in scripture that God intervenes and helps us despite how completely unworthy we are. See, the the discussion of worthiness never comes into that discussion. It's always a matter of if you're going to minister as, as God ministers to us, it doesn't matter whether the person is worthy or not. And so uh, a minister of God's and uh, God, and this is Epaphroditus, a minister of God and Paul's helper. He was someone who personally attended to Paul's needs. And so um, this was also, I have this note also, this was also a state in which Paul found himself more than once. So in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 19, this is Paul, we think towards the end of his life, maybe right before he was, uh, he was martyred. And so Second uh, Timothy chapter four, verse nine, I'm sorry, verse nine. Second Timothy four, verse nine. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed into Thessalonica, Crescens to, to Galatia, T- Titus unto Dal- Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. 
Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus the cloak which I left at Troas with Carpus. When thou comest, bring, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the, par- the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it might not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all, Gala- all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and shall preserve me into his heavenly kingdom, uh, whom, uh, to whom shall be glory forever and ever. Amen. And as you see Paul list in this, this passage, how much, how often he has struggled alone. He mentions at the very beginning here, Demas has forsaken me. It's something that had been mentioned previously in Scripture as having been with him and ministering to him. But now he says he's left him and he's having loved this present world and has departed into Thessalonica. And so others, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not certain what has happened if they are serving because they are engaged in the ministry in these places or if they have just dispersed. It's not clear. But Luke is with him. Luke has been with him since the middle of the book of Acts. And Luke has never left him. And so, you know, praise the Lord for that, for, for, for God having given Paul a, a friend and a brother who stuck with him all this time. But certainly he feels left alone. He, he feels, uh, but he says, verse 17, notwithstanding, uh, verse 16, at, the, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it might not be laid to their charge. If that sounds familiar, it's the th- last thing that, uh, that, uh, Oh, boy. Why does my mind quit on me? <laughs> Stephen, thank you. Stephen said before he was before he was stoned to death, he prayed for those who were killing him that the Lord would not lay that sin to their charge. And here Paul says the same thing. We think not long before he also is uh, is is laid to rest. And so it says, um, verse 16, that I, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it might not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And so I think that's a very important message that God means for us to get, is praise the Lord for brethren. Praise the Lord for this time right now in this room, and us getting to share these things together. But if the Lord ever sends you out alone, you're not alone. The Lord Jesus being with you is enough. That, and, and the thing is, is it's God's will that there be brethren. God tells us, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is. And so much more as you see the day approaching. As in when you get close to the end, you need brethren. We need to have each other. We need to lift each other up. We need to pray for each other. But even if you ever find yourself at a time where it's just you or appears to be just you, it is not just you. The Lord Jesus never leaves us. That's what we saw in the, in the Great Commission there at the beginning. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And so listen, there are often times, and I know I'm not alone, there are often times where we feel alone. We feel for I think Paul displays this in this passage. You feel forsaken at times, but we're not forsaken. It's just that we are going through the crucible of life and it is going to feel like this at times. And that's why we are meant to. OK, I can't believe time's up already. 
We are, we, are, we are meant to understand and believe and accept by faith that we are not alone. The Lord Jesus has not left us. And there are times, again, I'm sure if I asked for a show of hands, there would be many that would say, I, I wanted to hear from heaven. I, I, was, I was casting my cares before him. And I did not seem as though I was hearing from God. I, I felt all alone. And yeah, I think you see that in the book of Job. Job so often felt, and for that matter, it was, it was among that, that, that the way he felt was cast in among everything else that had happened to him, and it made him feel forsaken. But you read the scriptures and you understand God spells it out clearly. He is not leaving us. And so those times where we're quiet, and those times where it feels like the world is against us and it's just us, well, we have the Lord with us. And, and listen, our place is to stick with Him and not be drawn away. Christians, listen, folks, we are so apt to give in to panic. To, and listen, you make the worst decisions when you panic. Like consistently across the board, you make the worst decisions when you're controlled by fear. And so our place is to, is to run to God, find refuge in Christ and say, Lord, help me to think and follow you. Help me to think clearly and follow you. And listen, the Lord is faithful. God didn't leave Paul without a destitute without help. The Lord was with him. And he'll do the same thing for us. And so uh, we'll have to stop right there. <laughs> Any thoughts or questions before we close quickly? All right, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do not leave us or forsake us and that we have hope in you at all times. And Lord, we pray for your blessing upon all of us here today. Thank you for all of us being here. And for those who can't be here today, bless it, bless and be with them. Bless the folks who are traveling and keep us safe. Lord, help us to walk with you daily. We pray bless in the coming hour. Be with Pastor Ken. Give him grace to speak your word exactly as you'd have it. And help us to have uh, open hearts and ears to receive from you all that you have for us. Bless and meet the needs of everyone here today. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.